This episode is a continuation from episode 17. So if you haven't listened to episode 17 yet, I recommend that you start there first and then make your way back to this episode. Thanks for listening. And here is this episode. Um, where do you want to go next? What should we talk about next? Oof. Um, let's see, we already covered a lot of our journeys. And we've covered a lot of that. I mean, we could talk about coping skills if you wanted to mm. open the floor with that. I know that, you know, being NLP and hypnosis and everything, like, yeah, I think totally. you have a lot of great things to say. Yeah. Um, as much as I love body work, whatever that is, that looks differently for so many different people. There are like a million modalities for, for body work, um, whether that be breath work, like what we were just talking about or mm-hmm. yoga, whatever. Um, connecting to the body is such an important part of learning to cope with emotions. But what I really love is um, using communication as a coping mechanism because, and and in order to understand that, we kind of have to um, broaden our awareness of what communication actually is. It's not just talking, right? There is um, 55% of communication is physiology, like not just, you know, body language in the sense of hand gestures and facial expressions. It's like physiology in the sense of, of hormones. Hormones are chemical communicators inside the body. That's just an example. But then there's also tonality and emotion and then, uh, which is 38% of communication and only 7% is words. So I have found a lot of my strength in embracing communication. Granted, I feel so strong in this. It's because it's something that I, I um, was lacking for like my whole life. Um, I didn't learn communication skills from anybody really. (laughs) It was, it was only when it was brought to my awareness that I had poor communication skills, that that's where I needed to make change. And it was through learning how to communicate with myself initially that I was able to like understand those emotions. So that's where the putting words to things that I mentioned earlier, being able to put words to, to my emotions, it really empowered me again, not to put myself in a box, but just to give myself clarity on what it is that I'm feeling and accepting what's coming as going. So um, for me, a lot of that, yeah, it comes into communication and some ways that I utilize communication is hypnotherapy. So I do um, like hypnotherapy uh, audio tracks and it just helps my mind. um, It helps my mind overcome things because I mean, yes, a lot of this resides in the body, but the mind has to make sense of it too. So um, I really love using um, hypnotherapy for that Um, affirmations, which is essentially self hypnosis, but um, affirmations to help myself process my emotions. Like for example, saying to myself over and over again, what's coming is going, what's coming is going, what's coming is going, like saying that on repeat, if I'm really struggling with something Um, and conversation, holy shit. And I think that you can probably relate to this too, you know, coming from a place where you didn't feel safe talking about your emotions, having a supportive partner or anyone in your life who you can just talk to, not rant at, but someone that you can talk to who doesn't have a hidden agenda of, you know, trying to fix you or whatnot. They're just there to listen and, and give you space. That has been such a huge thing for me and mad props to, to my partner because he, (laughs) He hears some fucked up shit come out of my mouth sometimes. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know uh, how he handles some of those things, but he does with such grace. And I think that we all need that at least one person in our lives who we can just communicate our feelings to, to let them out through our words, because there's something so powerful in having something that is cerebral or like that is in your mind and having a way to just let it go. And um, going to human design, unfortunately, I think a lot of our listeners might not know too much about human design, but that's okay. We're, we'll talk about it more. But I've learned that all energy 
wants to um, wants to come through the throat center, right? That's where it wants to get channeled to. And for me, that that was like a big light bulb moment. Like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Like learning about communication because that that throat center, that's where all of my energy wants to come out of. So to learn how to confidently and effectively communicate has helped me like keep my energy like balanced mm-hmm. is what maybe I want to say and like how that all affects my emotions. Aligned. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. What about you for, for coping mechanisms? Um, honestly, I think for me personally, journaling works the mm. best especially when I can step a little bit outside of my own perspective and ask myself questions in order to continue down the journaling like path. So let's say I started out with, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. Okay. Why don't I know what I'm feeling right now? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's because of this. Okay. Well, what about, you know, what about that? You know, and it's just like continuing on and going through and like questioning yourself and what you're saying. So that way you can get to the root cause of what is going on, Mm -hmm. because there's so many times that we disempower ourselves or the mind disempowers us into thinking that we don't know. However, we always know it's just Mm. avoiding, resisting, shaming guilting, doing all of these things to whether or not it's the emotion, the thought, anything, the experience, the situation, we try to push everything down. And then we just say, I don't know. That's like my boyfriend's favorite phrase. I don't know (laughs) when I first ask him how he's feeling, but I'm like, no, you do know, like speak it out with me. Like, when did you start feeling this way? And you can come at it from all these different ways, like go through the who, what, when, where, why, and how you know, and you can even go into like is or whatever, but going to, when did you start feeling this way? You know, what situation just occurred? Um, where were you when this happened? Like there's so many different things that could be affecting it and really journaling it out helps you get to the very root. I think I went through, I go through so many notebooks all the time, but when I truly get into my, my journaling essence, it takes me about eight pages (laughs) to get to the root cause of what I'm actually feeling, because it's not only about getting out what I need to right then and there. It's also about linking it back to before Mm -hmm. what what we call the before time. (laughs) So whether or not that was, you know, when in childhood or at a certain point in my life where I was told a certain thing, you know, and all these external conditioning factors, Mm-hmm. And I think that beautifully just bridges into not only journaling, but also learning for me, learning about myself has been the biggest like release of things that are not meant to be in my space, in my aura, in myself, in my mind, like any of it. And human design is literally the best tool I've ever found yet. And I found a lot of tools. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know Enneagram, MBTI, uh, all that stuff. But human design has so many different systems within the system that it just is kind of like the culmination of everything. And there's so many little intricacies that don't get talked about in the regular human design world. It's very surface level because not many people know about it still. However, for the people who are ready for the deeper aspects, that's what I do because mm-hmm. It's so important. I didn't have like any of my biggest breakthroughs with human design until after I learned about the gates. That's why when I sent you like the words and stuff that I did earlier, Mm -hmm. that's how I was able to put myself into words because I don't know how else to explain myself. I know that everybody's worst question in an interview is tell me about yourself. Cringe, instant cringe because we're all like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's so, so important. And like you said earlier, it's, it's not to be put in a box. And there's actually a post that I wrote before we got on here. I haven't posted it yet, but um, it was about how human design itself can also be another box 
And you can't just get rid of all this conditioning and get rid of all the external world's rules just to put yourself into a new box that's shinier, has a little bit more space. You know, it's like, it's still a box. So it's not only, it's not only unlearning all the shit that you've learned up until now. It's also unlearning all the shit that you're learning right now too. That way you can really get to yourself. Human design is a tool for you to start building trust within yourself. When you finally get that trust within yourself and you're done with the external conditioning outside of human design, then you need to decondition from the rules of human design Mm -hmm. because then you know you best and it's a living experiment. You're going to find different things that work different ways for you. That's not right for everybody else because Mm -hmm. it's like puzzle pieces. You know, and like I, um, my favorite analogy of human design is, you know, if you were building a character in The Sims, which this is my own analogy, you'll let me know if it resonates, but I love The Sims game and you know how you get to choose their little skills and like put the little green, like batteries, I think, whatever (laughs) into those areas. (laughs) And that's exactly what your soul did when it chose to come here. It was like, okay, for what I want to do during this lifetime. I want this skill and this skill and this skill and like some more of these skills. And like, you know, it's like tossing things all over the place because it's choosing what you will need to fulfill your purpose here on earth. So it's not to be in a box. It's to liberate yourself from all boxes and all rules. There's just a more direct pathway to it. Yeah. I, uh, I want to, I, okay. You said so much there and I feel like I have so many (laughs) thoughts that I want to reflect on um you really lit me up when you started talking about I don't know um I actually yesterday I recorded a podcast episode about what I believe the three types of I don't know I haven't released it yet obviously but it's about um there's the I don't know in like the lazy reactive response and then there's the I don't know where it's like you're resistant towards something it's you're you're closing yourself off to the different types of, of what could be possible, but you just don't, you feel unsafe to explore it. But then there's the expansive, I don't know. It's like the forgetting the how, it's the surrender. It's like the, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I just know that it will and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I love that you, that you touched on that. Um, shit, what was I going to, what was I going to say about that further? Um, I don't remember if it's meant to be, it'll come back to me, but you, um, we're also talking about, um, going back to like deconstructing your belief systems. Like, where did you get these ideas from? And I, I've also, I really resonate with that. And I found that to be particularly one of the best tools that I've ever been able to implement it. Um, I just had a podcast episode released the other day. It was like about overcoming the fear of ghosts and ghosts is an acronym for where your limiting beliefs come from. It's like, where you groomed to believe it? Is it something that was handed down? Is it something that you experienced through oppression? Is it a story that you told yourself or someone else told you? Is it something that came from trauma or was it a significant emotional event? So like understanding where those things came from helps you then like, overcome that living in belief and just like fucking like eradicate it out of your life like blow it out of the water and just move on from it and um you have to know where it started yeah mm-hmm. and I then think it's human, so important. De- God. human design <laughs> human design um go ahead and finish your thought what you were just going to say but I'd love if you could like touch a little bit more about human design for our listeners please yeah um I was going to say that I think it's so important like you said, to eradicate those beliefs. And, you know, maybe you find that that is something that you want to believe. Mm-hmm. That's totally okay. You don't have to like completely get rid of everything. Just get rid of all the stuff that isn't working for you. That isn't yes. helping you. That's yes. limiting you. That's giving you some sort of feeling about like, that makes you feel negative about yourself or your life or whatever it is mm-hmm. and replace it with a belief you do want to believe that way your mind doesn't be like, Oh, I'm just going to go back to this because our minds are very, very comfortable (laughs) where we are a new path. Mm -hmm. The brain loves what's familiar. And that's why it's so hard for people to get out of the situations that they're in right now, because the brain will be like, but I know that we're safe enough 
safe enough, quote unquote, to be here. I'm not dead. Like essentially I'm not dead. So I'm good. So it doesn't want to continue on. It knows that your path right here, right now, sitting where you are is safe to it. But the mind doesn't understand that it's not the driver in your life. Your soul and your heart and your body has way more wisdom than your mind does. And so I think that's just one really good thing to point out there for people as well. Did you have anything Mm. to add on to that? Well, I had a, I remember now what I was going to, how I said that thought escaped me, but you reminded me of it. Um, You mentioned earlier about um, us experiencing resistance. That's where the, I don't know comes from. It's like that resistance, but we often don't realize that the, the, the path or the realizations or the exploration or the journey that we go through, whatever it is, the, the paths in which we experience the most resistance, that's where our breakthroughs lie. And that's something that I've really learned in MBA, the course we're taking together, is where the most, ex- the most resistance happens. That's where I need to go because that is where I'm going to push through that glass ceiling and up-level my life is like pushing through all that shit. So yeah. Yes, 100%. And I like feel this on so many different levels because in my human design chart, the way that I know things isn't because of facts and learning. I do those things anyways, because I've been conditioned to believe that I need those in order to have some sort of um, importance in what credibility. I'm saying. Yeah, credibility. credibility. So mm-hmm. I believe me, I can like talk you up and down on facts, logic all day. (laughs) Yeah. However, it's not from facts that I get what I'm talking about. It's from my inner knowing channel. And that is just the channel of like mystery. And it's pretty much essentially saying that whatever I get as an inspiration, I take, I ponder, I create, and I get a breakthrough. And then I talk about it. That's Mm -hmm. essentially how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But I always doubt myself right before I talk about it. So then I don't talk about it. And only uh, recently have I been like, okay, like since uh, in module nine now, we're supposed to be like, okay, this is the year, the year of playing the game. And you're going to see what works for you and what doesn't. So I was like, all right, 100% fully committed. This is what we're doing. And I was like, so in order to do this, I need to step it up. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Like there's so much resistance because of my brain self-doubting me out of it. So Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm talking about the human design gates right now on my Instagram and stuff is like one of the scariest things I have ever done because I don't, I have so many different things that I could back up with it. However, everything that's on there is put into my own perspective in my own words to help others learn it, make it click and that kind of thing. And I've just been taught throughout my whole life that that was bad or wrong. Mm. But I also have the channel of storyteller and I also have the channel of contribution and creativity. So the fact that I weave it into a story, artists tell, um, artists tell the truth through a lie. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a quote. I'm probably butchering it, but <laughs> politicians tell lies with truth and artists tell truth with lies. That's like the general consensus of what that, what that I is. get that now. I see that now. When you first okay. said it, I was like, I don't get it, but, but I do now. <laughs> I see that now. Yeah. So like taking all of this into play. So the story that I was telling you earlier about the girl that I know that went through her own generational trauma, the fact that I'm bringing in other people's stories, that's just something that I do to help paint the picture for people to understand more because I, it helped me understand. So maybe it'll help you understand. And I paraphrase and I put it in the right way or whatever for my own sanity. But I've always been told that I'm a bad storyteller as well. So I've had a lot (laughs) of resistance to doing that. I know. Right. (laughs) It's like, but this is just me. I go onto so many different tangents. I've been told that that's wrong and that people lose their train of thought when I'm talking, but it's like, if you let it be what it is, tangents take you into so many different worlds of perspectives that you might not have gotten from the linear song Mm, yeah and it's just like allowing myself to be has been the scariest 
and best thing that I've ever done yet in my life. So mm-hmm. I forgot where we were going. <laughs> um, talking human about design. human design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much that you can find for free on, well, I don't want to say so much. There's a limited amount of information that you can find for free on human mm-hmm. design as of right now at the state of recording. And one of the things that really upsets me is that there's such a huge paywall into what I consider to be the real human design aspects. So you can go out and you can look up, you know, you and I are both projectors. There's five different auric types in human design. Human design is like telling you from your birth date, no other questions are used. So it's not like the MBTI test. It's not like the Enneagram test. It's just from your birthday. It's more like astrology and it uses astrology in it as well, but it just tells you how your energy is here to interact with the rest of the world here to fulfill your purpose and really how you can get there in the path of least resistance. That's what human design is. That's what it does. And only going by a type. So there's manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And all of these terms also are limited by a language that is already confusing in itself, which is English. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we have so we have the same word for so many different contexts, so many different meanings, and we have different words for the same meaning. And honestly, none of it fucking makes sense. But anyways, (laughs) so you really can't stick to just the literal what it's telling you. So the fact that people are only looking at their type and their strategy and authority, yes, when you first get into human design, that will help you the most when you understand it, because then you're no longer forcing things to happen. You're making correct decisions in alignment with the way that you are meant to. And you're sharing your gifts in the way that everyone else will hear it the most. Those Mm -hmm. are very big things. Yeah. And it's not ever going to be like a total out of left field type of information. It's more like, oh, that's why. That's why this makes sense. So as a projector, I'm sure you've had this too. Whenever you don't get an actual invitation or recognition before you reach out to somebody, you feel resistance from them and they are not about it. (laughs) Or... Or if I, if I don't feel the resistance, something else will happen along the way that shows me that something is out of alignment and mm-hmm. doesn't feel good. And because it's something that I try to force instead of feeling the invitation and the recognition. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's so broad and blanket statements are good up to a point. So it's like, let the blanket statement be what it's meant to be which is just an umbrella. It's kind of like saying that I'm happy. That's a very broad word because we don't have more decisive, specific words to explain what type of happiness, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many different points of view that you could get from these blanket statements. So it's just so important to like, when you first get into human design, know that there's only so much out there available and I will be the one to apologize (laughs) that there's only so much available. I'm doing the best I can, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I am a projector. So it's going to take me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to flow with it. But at the same time, ask questions, ask as many questions as you feel you need to ask, because something that you have a question about may be correct for your specific human design chart as a whole, not just your type. So for instance, as as a projector myself, I have the channel one to one to eight. It's kind of like the creative and the marketeer, the uh, the person who can talk about their creative things that they make. But as a projector, I'm told that I need to wait for recognition and an invitation before I can talk about these things. In some instances, yes, that is true. I can't directly talk to people one-on-one about what I'm creating unless they ask me first. But I can you know, have my own platforms like Instagram, my podcast, Facebook. I'm not forcing anybody to come on there and be like, mm-hmm. hey, look at this. 
I'm yeah. putting it out there. So that way I can be visible, searchable. And so people can find me, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not just do nothing, literally doing nothing will get you nowhere in life. So when you're playing to your strengths and allowing yourself to be found as a projector, that is the correct way for you to market yourself. That is the correct way for you to just do what you're do what you do best, do all your learning, whatever you want to nerd out on, you know, let yourself be that nerd, go do it, have fun, be active because you're still meant to be active, even though you're not like an, you know, quote unquote energy person, because you don't have a motor center. You actually have two motor centers, but I don't have any, but like those things, again, it's all in the wording, the context and like the actual background information, the tone, like you were saying with everything, there's just communication. There's a difference between the words versus the tonality versus, you know, nonverbals, physiology. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing for human design. There's different meanings to the same words. And it's like letting it be and seeing how it plays in your life is going to be the best thing for you. Yeah. Sensing that energy. Cause that's really what human design comes down to the way that I see it. It's an energetic blueprint. It's what, you know, you, this blueprint is a beautiful guideline to show you, like, this is like the path of least resistance, but you still have to walk the past, the path yourself and figure out what feels good for you. And for me being as a projector, learning about what invitations feel like to me and not just like limiting it to, I have to wait for a formal verbal invitation that somebody specifically asks me for this because let's get real here in the real world that's not how a lot of things happen a lot of it is coming down to an energetic invitation like for example if you're say you're single you're in a bar you see some guy checking you out across the bar and you know he gives you a look and you're like that's an invitation, right? You know, Mm -hmm. in that type of scenario, there may never be that chance where he walks right up to you and says like, Hey, I want this blah, 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 blah. But no, it's like, no, you have to learn like what different invitations feel like. And well, for people that aren't projectors, that might be like a really weird concept to wrap the brain around. Like what? Like, I don't need an invitation, but for us, like we do. (laughs) Right. And it's so cool to like, just think about um, the differences between them all. Yeah, between like, so another thing that's really cool to look at is there's a lot of overlap in blending between what different types can do and what other types, you know, quote unquote, can't or shouldn't do. With a manifesting generator, for instance, They are people who are able to do the things of the world. They're generators first and then they're manifestors second. So they're responding and then they're telling people about it, responding, telling people about it. But they also have a very efficient way of doing things. Same way that projectors are very efficient Mm. because we have to be with our energy. Manifesting generators are efficient because they don't like it taking so long to get to the outcome. They're already ready to start the next project that they're like, I'm going to do this as quickly as I can, you know, and just move on for projectors. We're worried about conserving our energy. So we are literally thinking about it two totally different ways. And that's the difference between like, it's not that projectors can't multitask. They can, they just have to do it in such a way that it conserves their energy, still makes them happy, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. manifesting generators are multitaskers that do things quickly because they can and they want to and they want to move on to the next thing so it's yeah. those kinds of things so my thought that I uh forgot earlier was that projectors don't always need invitations and I know that that if anybody who's listening to this is like a human design 1.0 person they're going to be like that's bullshit <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's true though when you think about it projectors don't need invitations to talk to other projectors Mm. so like when me and my boyfriend is a projector as well when we first started dating there was no formal invitation there was no like hey do you want to be my girlfriend like none of that it was just kind of a thing it became 
a thing. And then we finally like hashed it out maybe a month later and we were like, are we <laughs> like, you know, uh, what, what's the word? It starts with an E, exclusive. There we go. Are <clears throat> we exclusive or, or not? And it was like, yeah, you know. So it was more of an energetic, like we were talking about, it's more of an energetic understanding and especially for projectors like that's why I like to focus on projectors the most because there's so many different intricacies that I see throughout my own life that I know can be true for other people in the same type and Mm -hmm. especially like there's in my mind there's a hierarchy of how similar types are to each other so for me manifestors are very similar to each other Maybe not in the things that they do, but they're very similar in how they do it and like those different aspects. Um, generators are very similar to each other as well. Projectors are very similar to each other as well. It's when we get into the manifesting generators and reflectors that they're just so different from each other. Because again, with manifesting generators, there's like, 10 different ways that you can be a manifesting generator depending on your circuitry that's going mm-hmm. on for reflectors they are just a complete mirror to the world around them so it makes sense that they are not much like each other at all but for projectors yeah. it's just so much easier to understand hey you know this is a thing that's why when uh you and i were first talking and you would ask me to be on the podcast and i was like immediately yes it doesn't take me very long to make a decision because I don't have nothing below my self uh, identity center is filled. So I have a very clear, straight way of knowing when something's right for me. If we can already have a conversation for like an hour and a half before this, then we can definitely do it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel so comfortable with projectors. Um, it's almost like there's no small talk. Like mm-hmm. both, so this is only our like second conversation we've ever had together, like <laughs> you know, over Zoom, and there was no small talk. It's just like, I mean, yeah, we ask each other like how we're feeling, but then it's like, let's get into more, let's get into depth, <laughs> right? Like we're we're yeah. diving past all the other stuff, and I also yeah. I like that you um, started out our conversation today with how are you feeling. That was something mm-hmm. that I really implemented into my own life probably about eight years ago now, because I just realized that so many people, we're going to get back into the emotion side of things. So, Mm -hmm. so many people just when they're asking like, Hey, how's your day going? It's like an immediate knee jerk response. I'm doing fine. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. This like, what about you? And it's like when I was, I was serving and I would ask my tables like, Hey, like, how's your day going stuff? I I can tell when people are upset. Like that's Mm -hmm. one of my super. I can see other people so clearly that it like pains me sometimes because I'm like, please let me help you. <laughs> like, I yeah. just, I just want you to feel better. That's it. You know, you really and, see people. Right. I really, really see people. And uh, it's from me asking people like, Hey, how are you doing? And then they're like, Oh, I'm fine. How are you? And I will literally tell them like a true statement from how I'm feeling right then and there. So if I'm like, I'm a little tired today, you know, it's kind of busy, but you know, we're making it through. It's like, I'm not making it all out to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm just dismissing what I'm, what I'm going through in my life. You know? Yes. And also, I mean, depending on the situation, I'm not going to be like, my entire life is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you feel it out. You feel out yeah. what people are ready for. Yeah. I, I, I totally know what you mean. And asking, instead of saying, how are you? I almost never say that anymore. I, I almost always try to say, how are you feeling today? And I endeavor to be honest. And for people that are not doing well, here's what I recommend when, because I think that the more honest with you that you are, like even with strangers, it takes baby steps to like become emotionally aware. Right. And being Mm -hmm. able to speak your truth is a huge part of that. So if you're struggling in life and somebody asks you how you're doing, be honest. Okay. Maybe don't like tell your life story, but be honest. And I find a great phrase, if, if this is a new thing for you, is a great thing to say is, you know, I'm not doing very well, but I'm really happy that you're here. 
because then it, it, uh, it says that, no, I'm not looking for you to like, let me vent to you and all this stuff. You know, I'm not doing well and bringing awareness to that, but I'm really happy you're here and I want to enjoy my time with you. So that is a way to be honest, but also like not seeking sympathy or anything like that. So that is my little tip of advice for that. Yeah. And it also, it reminds me of this story um, that I used to tell when I was more focused on emotions is when I was a server. So I would ask, you know, my tables, how are you, how are you feeling? How are you doing? You know, and mm-hmm. I'd get that knee-jerk response. So then I would be like, okay, well, they're not entirely ready to share yet. Um, there was this one lady that had actually come and sat down at one of my tables. And maybe 20 minutes later, 10 minutes later, she found out that her friends had gone to the wrong place and not the right place. So we have different restaurants all over <laughs> yeah. the place. You know? And so she was a little bit upset about that. So I was like, you know, you seem a little down. Like, is there you know, is there anything else? And she actually felt comfortable enough in that moment to share with me that she actually wasn't doing that good because she had just lost somebody in her family. Somebody just passed away. And so she was really looking forward to this lunch and getting to talk to her friends about it and getting that support. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm here for your support. Do you want a hug? (laughs) You know, obviously this is pre COVID and all that, you know? Yeah. But it was like such a real and raw moment that if she didn't open up and say that she might have gone the rest of her day feeling just discarded or like ignored or any of that unfulfilled, unsupported, all of these different things that could have stemmed from that if I didn't see it and care enough to ask. Mm -hmm. It makes a world of difference to just. I mean, it's not like we went into her entire life story. You know, she just explained what was happening. And I let, I heard her, I listened and I let her feel the way that she was feeling and supported her in the way that she wanted to feel and let Mm -hmm. her know that she wasn't alone. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can give to each other right now, especially like the, I don't, we're going to get a little esoteric right now, but um, (laughs) the world really upgraded recently back in December, I think it was December 21st. We went from a 3D world to a 5D world. And for most people, it's like, I don't know what that means. But essentially what it means is like 3D is kind of like we're here in the material plane. We're here in the material plane. We're learning the rules of what it is to be physical, what it is to mean, what it means to be a physical being. So like materials, um, survival, all of that stuff. That is what we learned for the first however long we've been on here on this planet. So now we're in the fifth dimension, which is all about emotions and understanding and empathy and all of these different things, because now we no longer just have to focus on our bare minimum survival. Mm -hmm. We've upgraded and we're able to focus on how we are actually feeling, what we're doing in our life, our life purpose, all of these different things that generations before us didn't have the ability to focus on. And that's also one of the things that brings a lot of compassion to me when I think of, you know, why has this happened to me or whatever, you know, generational trauma, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the things that you pass down. And it's like, everybody does the best that they can at the time with the information that they have. Knowing that and knowing that, you know, in the past, that's just not how the world works, but now it is. So now we get to not have to, we get to. We have the privilege to be able to be aware of this, work through this and help other people around us through it as well. And it's just such a amazing time to live in. Yes. Yes. I totally, I totally agree with you. And um, that's new to me. I mean, I knew about like the alignment of what was it? Saturn or Jupiter or something? Uh, Jupiter, Saturn conjunction stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew about that. I didn't know about the 5D D plane thing though. So that's really interesting. And when I look at my relationships in my life right now, I really do feel that energetic shift. And um, talking about generational trauma again, that reminded me the story of the friend, whoever it was that you left anonymous, um, about having, uh, that sexual trauma generational generationally and how, um, 
you said that she's the type to keep it in the family. Well, because I've experienced that myself, I'd be willing to bet they were keeping it in the family. It's because it was happening within the family. Oh, yeah. And um, how, where was I going with that? (laughs) (laughs) I lost my thought. But um, yeah, like keeping that within the family. But okay, so now I'm noticing this shift right? About how like my relationships and like what the collective is experiencing. I'm really starting to notice like more people are becoming aware of the idea of generational trauma. And maybe it's because science is starting to pay attention to it too with epigenetics and whatnot. Um, uh, I am guilty of needing validation from science previously um, in my life, but now I've become more open to the possibilities that science has not yet explained everything that I feel. Um, so yeah, ultimately I've noticed a shift and I'm really excited to see like where things are going to go in the collective. And um, I'm happy to surround myself with people that are open to those types of experiences and that, in that expansiveness that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you, you're talking about science I just want to remind people like that science is only able to do so much. Cause if you think about it way back when they used to think that the world was flat, yeah. that was fact, quote unquote fact at the time, that was yeah. the logic of every single person at the time. Mm-hmm. But one person was like, maybe it's not. <laughs> and that one person sprouted all of these other, you know, different things of like, let's find out. And that's how we evolve. So it's like when we're thinking about science and it's actually becoming more intertwined with spirituality because they've actually started um, researching consciousness, the like yes. science of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited for that because that mm-hmm. it's so needed. It's so freaking true. And there's so many people that right now can see it, that know it because that's just their knowing. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're waiting for science to catch up more yeah. so. so something, I just very, that. something very profound that I heard a scientist say one time, very simply stated, is science is simply what we don't know. That is what it's here to do. It's here to talk about what we don't know. It's here to unearth what we don't know. So the sheer principle of science in itself is what we don't know. And so if you put all of your eggs in one basket and say like, I'm just going to go with science, I'm a science person. Well, you're closing yourself off to the possibilities of what science can actually discover. You know, not everything is science. And um, yeah, I totally love what you said about how um, science is becoming more aligned with spirituality. And I think that um, it's time that we bridge that gap between science and spirituality. And I love people like uh, public figures out there, like Deepak Chopra, like who is an MD, but also like, he's one of those major figures that is bridging that gap between science and spirituality or Dr. Joe Dispenza, like, you know, people like this out there that are putting up this amazing work and um, people are really starting to, to accept this, this knowledge. And again, goes back to feeling that energetic shift about how like we're all starting to become aware of like energy. And ooh, that reminds me of a point that I wanted to talk about earlier when we were talking about communication. So I mentioned that communication is built up on three parts. It's, it's, vo- it's, uh, it's words, it's tonality and physiology. But what about energy? Does energy like it's energy is not quite physiology it's not quite tonality, even though energy affects those things, but it, I believe that it deserves its own category on its own because there are some things that energy communicates that don't have anything to do with physiology, tonality, and, and, uh, and words. It's just a feeling. Okay. Because like, so when you and I, we had our first coffee chat a couple weeks ago, like there was just something in the energy where it was like, it's safe. And I hadn't even opened my mouth yet. I hadn't even like waved a hello or anything. There was just something about the energy that was like, okay, there's a connection, right? And so to me, like that's something I've been pondering. It's like, how does energy fit into communication? Because it's there. I know that it's there. It's not 
physically tangible, but I know that it's there. Purely here to analyze, to recognize, to be aware, and just to see and observe. That's what the mind is here for. It's not so that way we can, you know, talk our ways out of things, like whatever. That's not, you know, it brings with it different tools that we can use, but it's not meant to be the end all be all. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like one of the reasons why nobody has been able to add energy into most of these things yet is because of the sheer fact that energy is not a logical principle. It is a mm-hmm. mystical principle. It is something that is just mysterious that we can't always formulate into a linear set of words. Like me and speaking, you know, I can speak a lot of different things very simply, very clearly. But if you get me into a story, I'm going to jump here, there, and everywhere to demonstrate my point. And logic, the mind, communication, as we know it right now, is more linear, whereas energy follows the storyline of my brain as well. It's not something you can, like you said, it's not tangible. It's not something you can touch. It's not something you can see. It just is. It's something you feel. And Mm -hmm. I think this transition to 5D is really helping demonstrate what energy is because before we were avoiding all of our feelings, all of our emotions, all of, I mean, feelings were in there, you know, Mm -hmm. and we were avoiding that, but now we're becoming so much more aware of all of this. So we're also going to become more aware of energy because what are emotions? Energy, energy and motion. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I've really been loving this conversation with you. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, I feel like we've been talking for an hour and a half and I feel like we could talk forever. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But I feel like we should bring this to a close. Like, do you have any mm, final thoughts that you're, yeah. Any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? Any words of wisdom nuggets? Yes. If you were to do one thing with your life, step outside of your own perspective, 1% more every day. Mm. Become an, do you mean like be an observer? Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah. Be an observer of your life. Reality. Observe your life. Become aware. Question everything. Be the catalyst of everything else you want to happen. Mm, Yes. 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 Awareness is the first step. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I, um, I heard in our uh, MBA program, the paradox of the moment that you, you gain awareness, paradoxically, that is when you can create change. It starts mm-hmm. with awareness. So yeah, I love that. Thank you. So where can we, um, we've talked a lot about human design and I feel like that is such a big topic and we hardly even scratch the surface. So, um, if people want to learn more about human design and hear more about working with you, can you, um, I want to give you some space to share about your business and anything that you feel called to talk about with that and how people can find you. Yeah. Um, I love having a repertoire of people that I can also like, not like recommend people to. So even if people come to me for the initial clarity or the initial step into what they want to change, I do have a list of people that I can recommend you to, if not me, if there's something else that I think would fit you better. Um, But if you want to learn more about human design, if you want to like follow the crazy journey that I'm on, because it's like an innovative, weird, mystical (laughs) bullshit, I don't know. But mainly I'm over on Instagram. Um, I cross post to a lot of different places and you won't find me like, at least right now, you really won't find me like super um, polished, I think would be the right word. This is like the real raw, authentic, this is the shit (laughs) that's happening. So Mm -hmm. if that's your vibe, then you will probably vibe with me. If you would prefer someone that that knows all of the different um, aesthetics, probably not me. <laughs> We're going to get nitty gritty. We're going to get into the deep and the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I kind of do it. And I also have a talk show, um, that I'm starting with another projector friend of mine and she's very out of the box as well. And like, we just, we, 
it's kind of like you and me talking. We just vibe so well. We're just going to be like, yeah. So if you do want any sort of like advice or you want to ask questions, show up to that talk show and just literally type it in, interact with us and you can get two different perspectives right there on the spot. And mm-hmm. we're going to be doing it every Friday at 10 a.m. So nice mm-hmm. on Twitch. Oh. <laughs> Got to say that. <laughs> Yeah. And I have never heard of this platform before, but you sent me the information for it. I'm like, Oh, what is that? That looks really cool. It was originally a gaming streaming platform, but it's Mm. been used in so many different ways now. And it's like, for me, it's probably one of the best ways to carve out a little corner of your own and have people have like a little community that comes in and is like, Hey, like what's going on? (laughs) You know, just talking about things that you want to talk about and actually getting real-time responses from people it's kind of like Facebook live yeah um and and getting that but it's like in a different just on a different platform Mm, very cool Mm, thank you so much for sharing that thank you so much for having me on the podcast this is a lot of fun yeah oh I love this (laughs) I love talking to projectors because they've always got some juicy magic to to share <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> mm, well thank you so much and um, le- uh, um oh my gosh I've been calling you by your middle name I've been looking at Elena the whole time but it's Lilith oh my gosh it's okay <laughs> um, I let it be <laughs> and oh my gosh throughout this podcast my friends I mean you are getting the edited version but like my phone went off throughout this I had to switch microphones so it's been quite <laughs> It's been a hectic day for me already. I had to take my car in, but Lilith. (laughs) My goodness. Um, Yes. So all of her information that's going to be in the show notes, if you want to connect with her, definitely. Or if you had any major takeaways, feel free to screenshot this episode, tag us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, I'm super excited about this episode and thank you for coming. And Listeners, I'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing. A small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.